Welcome to It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. I'd like to welcome you on this wonderful Sunday. It is December, what, 7th? The 7th? Yes, the 7th of December, isn't it? I think it is the 7th. No, it's the the 6th of... (laughs) I don't even know what day it is. Um, But uh, it is the 7th. Oh, the... My my headphones keep coming on. It is the 6th of December. And so um, welcome, everybody. I hope that you have entered into the final month of 2015 with a lot of gusto and that you took advantage of your your what Black Friday shopping and then your Cyber Monday shopping. I mean, it was just like a whole bunch of give me, give me. So if you could have waited to spend all of your shopping Monday money um, on those two days, all, you know, just wait it for the whole year. You probably would have saved a whole lot of money. So, um, but welcome to the show. We have quite a big show today. I've got three wonderful interviews um, that I'd like to tell you about right now, starting off with uh, Bridget McManus, who is going to talk about her upcoming brand new web series called Maybell, and that's uh, debuting on Tello Films. It's a new indie network, or not new, actually, it's an indie network. So she's going to talk to me a little bit about that. And then after that, we'll be speaking with um, RuPaul's Drag Race alum from season six with Kelly Mantle. Now she's done something wonderful in that she has a new song out that is an anti-cyber bullying song. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then my final interview for today is probably my supreme interview. And you wonder why I say that because it's with one of the co-founders of the group, the Supremes, Mary Wilson. We'll talk about her visit here to San Francisco for tomorrow and um, a benefit as well as her brand new dance single that's climbing the billboard chart. So that kind of wraps up what my 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 uh, segment will be like today. Uh, of course, we're always here every Sunday as the Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show. But there's a couple of things I kind of wanted to talk to you about before we go to our first commercial break and then into our interviews is, you know, as you begin to make your plans for New Year's Eve this year, you probably want to do, I suggest anyway, that you do something a little bit different than you normally do going into 2016, like possibly going to San Francisco smash hit gay all male review called Baloney Masquerade as it returns to the Oasis with an all new sh- all new show um, to ring in the new year. Plus, it will also be playing December 31st and uh, that is December 3rd, excuse me, uh, January 1st and the January 2nd. So you have three days ago. But I suggest that you actually go on New Year's Eve. I think it'd be really, really fun. Now, the, created by choreographer Rory Davis and director Michael Phyllis, they are actually real-life couple. Uh, Baloney has presented four previous stellar sold-out shows over the past year. And... um According to the guys, this fifth show that's happening December 31st is their biggest challenge. So if you've seen all of them before, then this one's going to be even a bigger one than you've seen. If you haven't seen any of them, this is a great time to end the year 
and to go into 2016. Now, the tickets range from $25 to $50, which is cheap Mundo for a New Year's Eve celebration. And they're available through ffoasis.com. Um, you can also get more information about the show at ffbaloney.com. So I recommend that you go do that. Now, if you guys are into any of the awards that go on all the year about celebrities and all kinds of things, well, QueerTea.com has their annual awards and their 2015 uh, QueerTea's awards are in um, and they're online now. And you have a chance from to choose the person of the year from the individual awardees that they've already selected. So I'm going to go over those real quickly. Um, most loved YouTuber. is an award. And that went to, of course, the one and only Tyler Oakley, who's been um, doing his YouTube videos since what about 2007 or something of that nature? A long time, seven or eight. He's a, he's a grown man now. He was a freshman in college when he started, and it was so funny is that he, he once upon a time lived in San Francisco, and happened to be a regular of my trivia night, which you know I had totally forgotten until I saw him recently at the SF um, Glad Gala, where he also received an award. And he was so nice to come up and remind me of, of our early beginnings together. <laughs> but it's so great. He is one of a kind and currently just announced that he's going to be on the Great Race. Is that what it's called, where you have the, your partner or your friend or whatever? He and his best friend... Um, or Corey, I think his name is, is going to be doing on the next episode, I think it's on CBS, uh, episode of America's Great Rest or something like that. I can't remember the whole name, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, the Everyday Hero Award went to Spencer Stone, who, if you remember, was the military officer who helped dismantle the terrorist attack on that French train, um, which happened to also be along with my actual second cousin was also one of the guys that did uh, helped in that, that um, dismantlement. So, um, but Spencer has always already received the purple heart, of course. And what's so really bad is that after coming back from that whole French train thing, he happened to be stabbed in the back while at a bar. And so he's been through a great ordeal. So he's our everyday hero awardee, according to Queer T. Um, our, our top political award goes to Barack Obama. The president, of course, is, has championed uh, marriage equality across the land, making sure that it was, you know, of course, uh, now mandated that each state allow same-sex marriage. Um, he's also given an executive order banning LGBT workplace discrimination um, by all the federal um, contractors that they have for the federal government. And in, in ensuring that the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell is upheld by the military leaders, he has given strong word that says, if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. That's kind of what he's telling them. So he is our top political award, according to Queerty. Um, the biggest douche, I don't even think I need to tell you who that is. Uh, Kim Davis, is, I think we all know that she is the biggest douche. She probably doesn't douche, but she is the biggest douche. Um, of course, that's the county clerk from Kentucky refusing to... Um, refusing marriage licenses to same-sex couples, even after she was, you know, got a court order to do so. But our top business leader, 
Tim Cook, of course, um, the CEO of Apple and Legal Eagle. This is a surprise kind of, I think, to a lot of people, people because he was appointed to the Supreme Court by President Ronald Reagan. Um, but that is Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy. And he's become the most forceful advocate for LGBT rights on the bench, taking the lead on um, um on opinions striking down sodomy laws, anti-gay ballot measures, and bans on marriage equality. So kudos to Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy. The top jock, well, there could have been a lot. There was a lot of people who came out over the past year, actually over the past couple of years, a lot of athletes have come out of the closet and announcing that they publicly are gay. Well, Gus Kenworthy, who is the Olympic free skiing champion, um, came out uh, this past year um, during an ESPN magazine interview. And so he received the top, top jock queerty award. And our favorite entertainer. Well, I have to say that I know how to pick my baby daddy. And Nick Jonas is the entertainer, our favorite entertainer, queer to award E. And I could not agree stronger. Um, so those are the people you have to select from for the person of the year. And how you do that is you can go to QueerTea.com, that's Q-U-E-E-R-T-Y.com, and you can vote for the person of the year out of that list of people. Ta-da! So that was it right there. I think that's, that was really good to kind of start that first segment, those two little important things, you know. So we're going to go to a quick break. And when we return, I will have our first interviewee with Bridget McManus. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Well, hello and welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. You know, I always appreciate that. One day I'm going to actually have, play the, the song that this goes to. This is the music to one of my singles back in the day. Um, and I'll have to play that for you guys and, you know, let you know. Because I've got some other news about some single releases coming up soon um, that I'll talk to you about in another show. But we're back and, um, you know, I love... I love comedy and I love funny ladies in particular. I don't know what it is about comics, but to me, the ladies have it hands down. Sorry, dude. Sorry. But they have it hands down to me because they, I don't know, they, they just approach comedy differently than men do. And um, they can make a, a lighthearted, 
fun joke out of some difficult things. And I think it's because women are always the ones that kind of put all the glue together in any family or any, you know, when you're at Thanksgiving dinner and somebody's fighting, guess who steps up? It's mom or grandma. They're always the ones coming up to take care of the situation. So they seem to always be able to put a light spin on some of the stuff. And so with me today, I have someone who's been a television host. Um, she's a screenwriter, an award-winning comedian who has hosted two TV shows for Logo, not just one, but two. And um, she has had an award-winning talk show on Logo as well. Now, she's one of the few female warm-up comics in television doing so um, with the Queen Latifah show on season one and two. And she was also that little psych. She was the Ed McMahon to Queen Latifah on the show. And so it gives me great pleasure to bring her on the show to talk about her new web series called Maybell on Telefilms, uh, the indie network. So here is Bridget McManus. Hello, Bridget. Hi. How are How you? you? Did I get it all right? Did I get all those things right? Got Everything right. You are amazing. I want to hear about your music. Forget okay. music. I'm excited about your music. Oh, no, 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 no. My my music is immaterial to compared to the things that you've been going. I, I, first of all, when do you have time to breathe? Because you seem to be kind of busy. I'm very busy, but I love it. You know what it is? I don't have kids. That's the point. My sister and her wife have kids, but mm-hmm. my wife and I do not have kids, so I got some time to myself. I can stay up late and write. I can get up early, so that's what it is. No family, no oh, kids. Oh, well, but you know, that that's probably going to come at some point in time. Maybe. No, I don't know. No. Let's go, no, no. I'm not why you know, We always say that. We always say that, and then, you know, something comes along, and or you decide to, you know, have oh, one or adopt one, and and, you know, your whole life will change. No, Maybe you'll wait till you're 80. Once you wait till you're 80, something like that. Wait till you're like Joan Rivers' age and then have start having kids. I know. <laughs> well, tell us about, you are um, about to um, debut a new series on tele, telefilms or tello. I think they just call it tello. Um, it's a little yeah, short tele. thing. And um, so once you tell, it's called Maybell. And this one has a kind of a, a kind of a cool story because I believe this is not unusual for many people as far as, you know, kind of seeking a lost love or a love in the past and finding that they're not available for you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Maybell? Sure. It's a lesbian love story set in the South. Uh, it revolves around Maybell, the title character that I play, and her um, uh, middle school and high school sweetheart named Bella. And they are in love and they have a lesbian romance growing up in the, in the 80s. And then... Um, Life kind of changes, and uh, Della goes and marries a guy and moves out of town and kind of explores the world, and uh, I end up uh, staying put, taking care of uh, my mom, taking care of my mom who's sick, and so what happens at the end, at the beginning of the series is my mother passes away, and Della moves back to town, so now it's like, okay, well, now we can get started again where we left off, but... Stella's moved on, and she's married to a guy, and she's a different person, but I don't care. You know, when you love you somebody, go, girl. you want that person. You go, girl. It's like, do not let those little particulars get in the way. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm a little aggressive, but it's, it's one of those that you only live once, and when you, you know, you meet your soulmate, what do you do? Sometimes timing isn't right, but what do you do? Yeah, I, but you know, this is like, that's just not, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure about the mother dying in that situation, but it's not uncommon for people to have a story similar to that where, you know, they had a young love and wish it was something more back then, but it didn't develop that way. And then something else happens where they're back, you know, in, in the arena of rediscovering that love. And I, I think a lot of us go through that. 
Yeah, I mean, you always kind of hear stories of people going to their high school reunion and reconnecting with someone after 30 years, and they're like, wait a minute, you know, life took me away from um, from where I was at, but now I'm back with you, and you're actually the person that I want to be with. So, you know, for my character, Maybelle, she's only had eyes for Della, and Della has dated guys and girls. She's sexually fluid, so she's not just, you know, straight married to a guy. She's right. been sexually fluid, but she's experienced life, but it's still... At the end of the day, they both want each other. And for me, there's never enough gay media. I love Logo. I love Gear. I love Outfest. I love all the stuff that's out there. But, you know, Transparent's amazing. And there's a new movie out with Kate Blanchett called Carol. So it's this fantastic gay and lesbian and bi roles out there. But I always just want to see more. Yeah, I, I, mean, for me, I totally agree. Enough. I totally agree with you. And, and Tello, has, Tello has done a really good job of creating content, particularly around, um, you know, lesbian um, life in situations. And so that's even, even you talk about gay, but even it's more unique in that we don't really have enough women's stories out there. Um, and oh, so, so, you know, to have a, a, a network that has a kind of a, a mandate or almost a, a cause to actually bring those stories of women, um, out there is kind of great. Yeah, I mean, what's great about Tello, it's, it's content for lesbian and bi women created by lesbian and bi women, most of the time directed and, you know, the, most of our camera people and everything, they're all female. So we're trying to get women working as much as possible wow. because, you know, every time I drive by a billboard, it's always, it's always a guy. I mean, I passed this billboard called, I think it's called The Big Shot. It's uh, Brad Pitt and Christian Bale and Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling. It's like all these white men and it's just such a boring perspective. You know, there's so <laughs> many other people and other stories out there. I'm you're, over it. I, I, you're, I'm you're, you're right. Vanilla can only last for so long. You know what I'm saying? You got to put some other yeah. flavors up in there. That's why Thank I love you. Baskin and Robbins. That's why that's my favorite Thank ice cream you. shop. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I, you're right. you know what I'm saying? But, um, now this show though, if I, I'm reading the, um, the bio correctly there's only six episodes it's this is a web series of six episodes okay. but we're actually making it into a feature film oh now did you uh, write this story i wrote the story i uh i produced the story and i had my friend uh who's also produced directed so i i actually kept away because i usually play all the roles but it was uh it was so nice to have someone else take the reins on that but it's a love story and so these are like intense girl-on-girl makeout scenes. We're in bed together rolling around. So now that I'm watching the edits, I'm like, what were they thinking? There's a lot of tongue. I can't have my parents watch this. What were they oh, thinking? Now, you know, a lot of screenwriters write, of course, from personal experience. Not not everyone, but a lot. Of, now, is this, is this story somewhat a biopic for you? Luckily, no. Okay. The only thing that's biopic is uh, my wife is from the South, so I set it in Virginia where she grew up because I just love Virginia. It's so beautiful, so rural. So the setting that we have, um, we, we have this house and all these beautiful locations. It, they're kind of their own character in the story. So that's the only part that is true. But me, of course, me loving women is true because I'm a very proud and out lesbian. But besides that, no, all the trials and tribulations that Maybell and goes through, that has nothing to do with my real life, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, thank goodness. yeah, because also the mom thing would be kind of hard my mom is healthy okay hi mom yeah uh, hopefully she'll be listening um hi mom now this is not your first um series scripted show that you've done um with tello no i think i've done four with them yeah i've done comedies and dramas we did a series called the throwaways which is about lgbt youth in chicago because it's a really high amount of homeless teens in chicago um, uh, um, LGBT teens, mm-hmm. and so it, it, it was kind of like this underground world, this very kind of dark drama, and I played kind of the madam 
of this household that takes in these young oh, girls. Wow. And um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of ironic about that. Is tomorrow, I do believe, I think it's tomorrow. Cindy Lauper's True Colors has their That's home for the right. Christmas show. In yep. um, in New York, and you know that's all, all about um, the um, homeless LGBTQ youth out there. And so, yeah. you know, I I I just I don't know why that just popped in my head right away, but I did a story on that not too long ago. And you know, I just love the work that she does to try and she's amazing. Yeah, help our our youth get off the street. Now about this Maybell though, because it is a love story. I'm assuming there's some lighthearted comedy in this as well. Yes, my real life wife plays a character in the in the show. Did a little bit of comic relief because there's a lot of heartbreak, there's a lot of crying in the mm-hmm. series and that kind of stuff. You know, I went to school at New York University. I was a drama major, but I'm a stand up comic, so I always do comedy. So this is something very different. But I what I put in the series is I put this like you know sex scene in the back of the truck with this kind of gross bull dyke lesbian grabbing my boobs <laughs> and pulling my hair, and so I asked my wife. In the series, oh wait a minute, I. Yeah. Did the description read that way when you gave her the script to read oh, for yeah. the part? Okay, I'm just wanting to know. I'm just wanting to know. I just no, want to know. You know, because I just might have to give you a referral for a marriage counselor after this. I don't know. I just want to make sure that everything's okay. No, no. That's what she requested. She wanted to play a kind of gross woman. And I was like, all right. So we wrote her to be kind of a scumbag. I called herself a I mean, it's really, really creepy. And she's undressing me in the back of the truck with the whole crew watching. And we've been married for seven years, so whatever. But for other people. Yeah, it wasn't so joyful for the two of you as it was for the crew to watch. Watch, I'm sure, but <laughs> I think we shot a porn actually. I know, right? <laughs> oh, you know those secret tapes get out there, honey. I tell you, <laughs> put it on YouTube. You'll make a bundle of money though if you do that. Oh, perfect. You know. Um, now you said this is going to be turned into a film. So is it going? Is the film going to pick up where the series leaves off? And because I know that's what they're doing with the HBO's doing with Looking after it got canceled. They are now doing a film to kind of tie up loose ends. Um, but but I'm just wondering, since this is a six-part series and you're going to go to a film, does that mean we're only going to see the six parts ever as a series and never will it come back? Well, the series is very complete. There's a beginning, middle, and end. So okay. this, this story is going to be closed after the series. But what we're going to do is we're going to kind of, we're going to tell the story from the beginning to the end again in the future, but it's going to be extended. It's going to be a lot of B storylines. It's going to be a lot more comedy. A lot more sex and backs of trucks and stuff like that, right? Yeah, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah. You know, because we worked on a very tight budget, and so now we're kind of going to go bigger. And hopefully, depending on our budget, we might get some, some real good people involved. That's, you well, know, that, well, well you, you alone is good enough for us. Me? I think you need to be in. Well, I love that. Maybe I, I can sing the theme good. song. Who knows? You know, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll work on Thank that. <laughs> we'll work on Oh my God. You know, it's just been, it's like I said uh, in the introduction, I don't know what it is about um, female comics for me, uh, other than what I just said, is that for some reason, um, to me, female comics always have a good grasp on how to make uh, light of certain things that are difficult sometimes where men sometimes are a little bit brash and it comes off of being really crass and go, that's not really, you know, too soon for you to say it or something like that. But women seem to be able to make it funny and, and make a little relief 
on some things that sometimes are difficult. So I always enjoy uh, watching comics, uh, stand-up female comics, as well as the show warmers like yourself um, at some of the, the the game shows or things that I've gone to. And, you know, someone stands up there and, and, and does it. And there's, like you said, there's very few. Like I said, there's very few female. I only know one female that does it in New York. I don't even know anyone that does it in L.A. That's female. Wow. So well, see, so you got that men. locked down. You got that on lockdown. Yeah, I, lo- I mean, I'm very lucky. There's a, there's a couple other women that I know that want to do it, um, which I think they should. I mean, because what happens when you're doing warm-up comic, comedy, I don't know if anybody knows about this, but it's kind of like you're the fluffer before yeah. the show starts. So I do like Last Comic Standing. I did the Queen Latifah show, and she is amazing. I can't tell you how much oh, I love I, that I, I love Queen Latifah. But, you know, the amazing. thing is, what I don't understand is because I would bet you, uh, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong but most audiences that go to those live tapings aren't most of them female they're mostly female and they're going to be sitting for long periods of time people don't realize that a half hour show or an hour show can take you know i do last comic standing the beginning rounds take eight hours to shoot oh, just sitting Lord, there for eight mercy. hours entertaining yeah i need so some you laughter become, <laughs> but yeah you kind of become the concierge you can't just tell jokes you have to make people make sure people have water and and granola bars and i'll go around giving people massages i do dance contests oh, i buy wow. candy because you're you're taking care of them all day, and I think that women kind of have that, you know, ingrained in them yeah. that they want to be caregivers. So I think I always think it makes more sense to have female warm-up comics on any long taping show. There you go. There you go. So all you network people out there who may be tuning in, get yourself. Hire Bridget. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> Bring you her over. Get 10%. You know. Now she might be busy coming up. We've got a movie going on, other gigs that are happening. And, um, well, I, I just enjoy having you on the show and talking about Maybell. Now that is actually going to air on the 13th of December, December 13th. That's next Sunday. Um, and, um, and, and what time does it start? That's a good question. It's going to be premiering. It's, it's, it's launching on the, uh, on the East coast, which should be around uh, 9 a.m. Okay. The East coast. So, and then you just, you know, every, every Sunday we release them every Sunday. And then so you can, Sunday you can watch it throughout the week. You don't have to worry about, oh, I missed it. You can actually tune into the episode. Oh, no. Yeah. I, that's what I love about, that's what I love about, chance networks now it's like you know before if you missed it you had to hope when i was growing up you had to wait for the rerun to come during the yeah the off the off season part and it's like now you can just watch it at any time i love it. modern day technology i just love it and there's no commercials you know when i watch like Google oh amazon they yeah have commercials for 30 seconds you don't have any commercials you just watch it as many times as you want nothing will interrupt you. well there you go now that was a there plug for tello and how they do things out there y'all <laughs> Uh, well, Bridget, thank you so very much for being on It's Everything. And um, hopefully what we'll do is we'll follow up with you when the movie comes out. Is that a oh, deal? Yeah. Well, you're going to be doing the soundtrack. Oh, that, well, right? there you go. So, you know, I'm going to be on set most of the time anyway because i got to get the feel of the people. Um, <laughs> well, you have a wonderful afternoon and take care of yourself, okay? Thank you. So much. I adore you. Oh, thank you, Bridget. I adore you as well. And we're going to go to another break right now. In a couple of minutes, we'll be back, and I'll have my next guest, Kelly Mantle from RuPaul's Track Race. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. 
I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the the, uh, the ethics of Oasis. Is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know. You know, it's funny because I still need I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true. You know what I mean? Like I walk in there and. And I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time. So you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it. I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude, um, just to entertain people. And so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity. And, uh, and, you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together we'll go far. Well, howdy, 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 howdy. Welcome back once again. Uh, that was a wonderful interview with Bridget McManus, who will be starring in a show that she wrote for Tello Films called Maybell, and it will premiere on Sunday, December 13th. So check out the listings for that, and you can get online and watch that thing for you. Well, my next guest is also someone that um, you probably are aware of uh, because she spent some time on television on the RuPaul's Drag Race season six. That was a couple years ago. Um, she was a contestant on the show, and I really didn't know that um, she was a singer, or actually more than a singer, she's a musician, actually plays instruments, writes music. And, uh, you know, we, we tackle this um, anti-bullying stuff a lot um, and celebrities, musicians, actors, all that kind of people get on there. But it's very rare that I hear anybody specifically dealing with cyber bullying, um, which is kind of a whole different thing because you usually don't know who your bully is because you don't see them. Um, they're probably not identifying themselves correctly even if you had given a name or something. So you kind of are really, um, as far as you know, they could be stalking you on the streets and you would never know. But, um, but her, um, her new record, which came out, or song, which came out on November 9th, I do believe, along with the video, is called Keyboard Courage. Um, and it deals with, uh, it's an anti-cyberbullying anthem. And this song, um, she claims, is for anyone who has been harassed or stalked online. So we're going to talk to Kelly uh, Mantle about the song, but we're going to talk to her after you actually hear Keyboard Courage. Here's Keyboard Courage by Kelly Mantle. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was, excuse me, that was Keyboard Courage by RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6 alum, Kelly Mantle. And we have Kelly on the line. Hello, dear. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am fantastic. Well, I love, I love this. As I was saying at the intro, um, when I was introducing the song and introducing you, I had no idea that you were such a musician. Um, I didn't know, you know, I know a lot of the girls on the show on RuPaul's Track Race are singers and whatnot, but right. you actually wrote this song and play all the instruments, don't you? I do. Well, no, I didn't play all the instruments. But, um, in the video, in the video, I play all the instruments, mm-hmm. and on the song, I just you know provide guitar and and keys and drum, and but the producer comes in and does a lot of the electronic stuff. But yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I think that's I think that's fabulosity going on right there. And and you wrote a song and introducing all of this talent that you have that has some meaning to it. And I'm not saying that yeah. there's a lot of fluff out there when it comes to. Um, celebrity music, if you know what I'm saying, but there is a lot of fluff out there and you've actually put together um, a song that's catchy as far as the music and the beat, but the lyrics are right on point. I think anybody who's been online has been bullied. Anybody has, everybody has at some, at some degree. And there's parts in this song, the lyrics on the song where we can all relate to it. So I'm going to ask you straight up, is this come uh-huh. from? Did this come from the heart, girl? Is this a, is this based on some of the stuff that you've gone through online? Well, you know, it's funny because as a singer songwriter, you know, I always write songs about personal experiences. Mm-hmm. I think all of us do. You know, when I got eliminated from the show, I went home and wrote a song called "Eliminated." It's just <laughs> what I do. It's how I kind of always have you know dealt uh-huh. with life. And like you said, this is uh, well, I'm recording like my fourth album right now so this is something i've done way before drag race um writing music and releasing it but um yeah so with this particular song you know uh after my appearance on drag race i was kind of introduced to this world of online bullying i just wasn't really that aware of it or that privy to it um before drag race it Mm -hmm. just seems to be really heavy-handed in this particular world especially and it wasn't even so much of anything that was coming toward me per se. I actually didn't get a lot of it, honestly, but I watched so many of my other sisters on the show get it Mm -hmm. or even fans kind of coming for each other. And I thought, what is this? It's Mm -hmm. so weird to me. It's so foreign to me that people would sit behind a keyboard and just spew such hate. Right. Shit. Well, and the thing is, is because you're, 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 we aren't used to, 
seeing so much anti-bullying as it relates to cyberbullying. There's a lot of anti-bullying right. campaigns that kind of help people deal with somebody that they know in school or, you know, a kid in a playground or what, but somebody that they actually can see and they know, how do you deal with that? But this is somebody that most, most times you don't know who it is. You you have no idea of their identity. They may be coming off as a guy and it could be a girl or vice versa. You have no idea who your bully, who, who the bully is. And that's, I think even scarier because as far yeah. as you know, it could be your next door neighbor. It could be somebody, you know what I mean? You just never, never know. And I think there's more of this now that we're in the age of computers and online. There's There's got to be more of this going on than what people get in school because it's easy to hide. Like you said, it's easy to hide behind a keyboard. Absolutely. And most of them don't have profile pictures. You know, they've only mm-hmm. got 10 followers. I mean, that's what's <laughs> hilarious about it. Yeah. You know, not, and a lot, you know, not that that matters. I'm just saying it's funny that they would tweet something like that. And I'm like, girl, 10 people just read your tweet. Like, okay. really? like, it's like no one saw it, girl. Like, I don't even know why you're wasting your time. Why are you wasting your time on this? Right. Now, this song so, is, though, um, Keyboard Courage is actually the first release from a planned EP called Duality. Exactly. I, I'm 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 curious about the name of the album. You know, of course, I'm going to read into it as a, a drag queen. You know, duality in that regard. Mm-hmm. But is there a different type of meaning in the title of the EP? Well, that's a great question. There's a lot of uh, meanings behind it. You know, there's um, there is the sense of uh, I consider myself two spirited. I travel between genders, and uh, that's how I've been my whole life. Um, another term for that, I believe, is uh, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that is also another term for it would be duality. You're mm-hmm. dealing with, with, you know, two faces, two genders. You're dealing with um, that. And then there's also the sense of the duality as in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, duality almost seems like it's an internal struggle, like there's two sides of yourself that are fighting with each other. So it, it's kind of a play on all of that, mm-hmm. you know. So will will the other songs on this EP be similar in that it, they'll be dealing with um, topics um, that um, people can relate to and some empathy yeah. for certain things? Okay. I do. You know, it's it's funny because I always try to I sometimes shy away from this term because when I say this, I'm a folk singer at heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of people want to shy away from that because they'll think, oh, we, well, you're going to sing, you know, little campfire songs like Kumbaya. And it's, <laughs> it's, that's not what I mean by And folk there's nothing with. wrong with Kumbaya well, at all, you know. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. I mean, if anyone lets the smoke up a big doobie and sit behind a camera, <laughs> it's like <laughs> me, you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll sit there with the Indigo Girls in the desert any day, honey. And oh, gosh. Guitar with them. But uh, yeah, so most of my songs, all we always usually have some sort of political, socio-political message behind them, or mm-hmm. you know about current events or or things, and you know songs about relationships, you know whether it be with significant others or you know the public at large, yeah, friends. yeah, exactly. Uh, now, yeah. when is when is when are you expecting to have the EP completed if it already isn't, and if so, when will it be released? That's a great question. You know, I, I would love. <laughs> we know to how that works. That. I know how that all works. That exactly. whole music production thing can take time. You know exactly, and that's. I would love to be able to say it's going to be February fourteenth, but 
If I say that, then it'll end up being March 14th. So yeah. at this point, I'm just saying early 2016 okay. is the best, best way to say that. Because I, I, I'm such a crazy perfectionist when it comes to the studio, and I sit there and just, and I shouldn't, but I do. I can everything well, no, I, I, apart I, I, and say, let's re-record this guitar part, let's re-record this yeah. guitar part, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. Well, you want to put your best foot out there, and you want to, you know, I totally understand that. Um um, you know, wanting to give the public something that's the best that you have to give, whatever that is. And so, um, right. you know, in the long run, they'll appreciate whatever it is that you, whenever it is that you put it out, because they know it will be your best offering that you have out there. I th- I just want to give you kudos again for uh, picking this topic, you know, as mm-hmm. you know, being one of the queens here in San Francisco who dealing with Facebook um and um you know part of their argument is somewhat related to cyberbullying and that the reason why they want people to use their real names is to cuz they know people hide behind their keyboard and mm-hmm. and you know they're trying to prevent that but in the same token they are what they're doing to us uh many people uh, is opening it up for us to be cyberbullied because then we're attacked because of ethnicity um um, you know, all kinds of race, gender identity, identity all those things. Yeah. Right. So, so it's kind of weird how that all happens because, uh, they're trying to prevent one thing, but again, opening a door for it to actually happen to a select group of people. Um, so I'm very, very familiar with this topic, um, a, a lot. Yeah, and, and I applaud all of you up there for, for your fight for this with Facebook and stuff and Sister Roma and everyone, because it is, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I have many trans friends who, Maybe they have not gone through the proper, you know, name change, you know. Which is very difficult, very difficult to do. It doesn't doesn't happen overnight, I know, yeah. Yeah, you know them as Pamela, and then Facebook's wanting them to call themselves Mike, and I'm like, does that look like a Mike to you? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, and that you know, we could go on. That's psychologically damaging in itself when you're trying to get away from a gender that for so long that you didn't identify with. And now, you know, it's still haunting you by someone forcing you to use a male identified gender name. So, yeah. um, well, I want to g- wish you the best on this. It seems to be, it's getting a, you know, a lot of views on, on the video on YouTube. Yeah. So, so those out there, you can go to YouTube and um, look up Kelly Mantle or just go ahead and plug in keyboard courage and you'll, mm-hmm. you'll be entertained as well as get a message through your brain at the same time. So there you go. Thanks and again. you have a new single coming out. I too. do. I Don't do. Did you see what I did there? Don't I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know turn it, turn it, because you know, I don't like talking about myself on my show now, well, but um, no. yeah, I do as yourself. well. And, it, and you know, hopefully again, no, mine's supposed to be dropping January 15th, which is actually Martin Luther King's real birthday. So it's kind of. Ironic, oh, I think. Yeah, fun. and it's going to be MLK weekend, but we'll get to that on another on a show, another show. Well, but I, I want to wait to hear it and see it. Okay, well, thank you so much, and thank you so much for being on the show, and I appreciate it. And the best of luck to you. And we'll visit again when Duality comes out. How's that? Sounds great. Okay. Okay. Bye, bye, Kelly. And we're bye going to bye. take another commercial break, and when we come back, we have my supreme guest with Mary Wilson. Thanks for-
for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. Well, hello. Welcome back once again. That's the final time that you will hear our commercial breaks. And we're right now entering into an interview that I am so excited of having because I grew up um, listening to the music of the Supremes. And I had two sisters who thought they were the Supremes. And I have the privilege. This is actually the second time that I've spoken to her. But I have the privilege to speak with Mary Wilson, who will be in town tomorrow um, as a guest for the Richmond Airmen Age Foundation benefit. Help is on the way for the holiday. She's done the show many times in the past, and it runs, um, it raises money, of course, for various um, agencies uh, that are in need of funding. And so I am just so privileged to have her on the show. Good afternoon. Welcome to It's Everything with B.B. Sweetbriar. I think joining us right now is Mary Wilson on the line. Yes, I am. I certainly hope that you can hear me because... Yeah, but we hear you perfectly fine. Thank you very much for... um, Well, Miss Wilson, it is a pleasure to once again, because I spoke to you some years back um, when you had the release of um, your single... Um, life's been good to me. So that's been okay, about, yes. about yes, four yes, years yes. ago, I think. Well, you know what? I have another dance song. I know. That, which is, I mean, this only just happened to me the last couple of weeks. I recorded this song back in 2001 in England. Mm-hmm. And I did it with a friend of mine who was also a very famous singer over in England. His name is uh, Lee John. I never thought we were going to do anything with it. It was just a fun dance song. Mm-hmm. And now, some 11 years later, they released it on the chart, on isn't, the Billboard chart. Isn't that remarkable? See, that just tells you how much people still love you, honey. It's just, it don't matter how long it takes for it to get out there. People are always out there ready to receive it. I know, so now i got to come to San Francisco and perhaps, you know, one of the dance, the clubs and all that kind of stuff. Is that still going? I don't know. What's yeah, going on now? Well, things have changed. You know, everything's changed. Well, I think Sweet Feet Music <laughs> is the one who produced this single for you, and they're headquartered out of here in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, so we, yes, my original producer was in England, but they turned it over to those people here in, in San Francisco. Well, and so they, you know, they they actually, you know, did a video, and, and I think we have some red, what you call those red vinyl copies of it. I'm doing a signing in LA at the Mego Record, uh, and they have the they have the vinyl there and, and the, the CD. You know, I'm very excited. Yeah, it's you're, like, you're doing. I, I, I didn't plan it. I didn't plan on this. You're doing the whole promotion thing on this single. I know. Well, why not? Like, you know, I'm 71. Why not? You know, why not just use everything that you have and, and just throw it all in the pot and just have fun? Well, you know, I, I love the title of the new song, even though you recorded it back 
um, you mm-hmm. know, originally back some time ago, it's time to uh-huh. move on because that's kind of, that's kind of the, really is it, I know the song that was written for you because it's kind of expressive of a lot that you've been going through, you know, since the break, the final breakup of the Supremes mm-hmm. in, in the late 70s. Yeah. And it was something well, yeah. you know that you wanted to do, but you really didn't know where to go. I, like you said before, well, you were well, thinking about it for me. I think that the writers wrote it from one perspective, but I actually sang it for my own personal uh, wedding uh, marriage. So, so it was, it's like, it's like art. You know, mm-hmm. you look at a, a wonderful piece of artwork, uh, many people can see it. And everyone will have a different take on what it means, whereas mm-hmm. the artist who painted it could have had it for a totally different reason. And that's what this record is for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm singing about my love life. And, and the writers, I think, were talking about the Supreme. So, you know, what can you think? But I'm sure that the listeners will come away with their own different idea of what it should be. What it, what it well, you know, I, I do recall, if I recall looking back on it, um, your your only solo album with Motown was pretty much a disco mm-hmm. a disco type of album, was it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was Red Hot, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, and you know, it was something that I really wasn't prepared to do. I was, because I had just come out from you know being in the Supremes mm-hmm. and, and singing background for vocals for years and years and years. I wasn't really prepared to sing yet. Um, and, and then, so we did the album, Red Hot, and it actually did quite quite well, I'm, I'm very happy to say. But let me tell you about another project right after that. Uh, a friend of mine brought to me this single uh, called, I won't tell you what it is right now, but he said, you should do this. And I said, well, you know, after Red Hot, I don't want to be doing any kind of dance stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, he said, oh, you got to do it. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Anyway, a couple of uh, weeks later, I decided to go ahead and do it. I called him up, and it was Jelly Bean Demetrius, I think. Yeah, like I do know. And, uh-huh. and, so, and, and so I said, I said, you know, I, I think I decided to go ahead and try the song, even though I don't think I can do dance music or disco whatever. And he says, Mary, he says, I've already given it to another singer named Madonna. Oh. It was her, it was her first single uh, holiday. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That song was yeah. made for Mary Wilson? Oh, yeah, I had that one up too. <laughs> Y'all have to go down in the history books, honey. I, have, I haven't told him, but I, I, I said, you know, I think now that this one is, is, a, is seemingly a little hit, I think I'll start telling the story. I was so embarrassed about that. <laughs> I think I'll start letting people know that, you know, I was supposed to the dance for a long time. <laughs> um, I don't even think Madonna knows that story. Oh, well, yeah, well there you go. That's a real, that's a real good one, and I'm glad that you shared it with me here. I appreciate that. Well, you don't know, I'm coming, I'm coming into your city to do the REA um, fundraiser race. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because I, I've done it quite a few years and I'm always happy to do so. And it's always such a, it's such a good feeling for me to be a part of, of you know, helping uh, the situation. The, you're talking about the Richmond Airmen um, AIDS Foundation uh, helping find uh-huh. a way for the holidays. It is just exactly. that's right, and and you'll be one of the guest performers. Which, you, like you said, you've done several years. This is not your I first have, time yeah. here. And, and you give your of your talent 
for so many different charities, cancer research. Uh, I can go on a list, even uh, development of youth programs. You've done so uh-huh. much with your talent uh-huh. as far as giving back. Yeah. Well, you know, you know the thing, the thing about it is for me is that it's important, I think, especially when you're at a certain age, you realize that life is not, is very fleeting. And, and you need to leave something, you know, when you go away. But also, you need to contribute to to life, to humanity. And so, you know, I, I try to do that. You know, I mean, I, I made a lot of bad mistakes in my life. I've done a lot of things. But, you know, so you always try to ask for forgiveness and do the things that you need to do to help your your neighbor. And, well, and that's why I, I do. Well, one thing that you have done that is going, you know, that will always be there, hopefully, will, is your work so much as uh, in, in musician rights advocacy with, you know, definitely the truth in music legislation that definitely came about because of you in many ways. Well, I mean, but, but, you know, there were a lot of people, and I appreciate you saying that, but there are a lot of uh, entertainers who joined into that cause for, it's called the truth in music legislation that we, we have passed in about 38 states, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And it does, have to, it does have to do with, you know, sort of like it's, what's it called when people steal your identity? Yeah. Well, well, what, I what, what people do with the singers is they steal your your musical title, your name, like the Supremes or the Temptations or the, you know, whatever. And so we got to get a lot of musicians and myself, not just musicians, but I mean people, artists, got together and we lobbied in Washington to get the law changed so that when people go out and say that they are if, you know, we're playing on the show here, and we are the Supremes. Well, the Supremes no longer exist. Mm-hmm. How can you say you're the Supremes? Right. And so he, the public has an opportunity with this law to say if there's not one member up there performing who was actually, uh, who recorded that music, and we don't want to see the show, we demand our money back. And with the law, they can say that. Right. Uh, right. Uh, so this kind of helps to keep our, it's like the Beatles. The Beatles are for people, and no one is trying to steal their names. When you're in the state, they can get away with doing that. Right. And that's what we're trying to stop. Well, and you're doing a good job, because the legislation continues year to year. So I'm sure eventually all 50 states will adopt this. Yes. If it doesn't become federally mandated for them to... In the, in, the near, in the near future. But, you know, you were talking about the Supremes not being together again, you know, any longer, which we are all aware of. But there's been a lot of years now, I think about 16 years from the time when there was an attempt to have a reunion back in 99. Mm-hmm. A lot of time has passed since there. Do, do you think there would ever be an opportunity at this point, since we've had so much time go by between the last, oh. you know, you, Diana, and Cindy get together and do a reunion tour here? Um, you know, I know that you are touring, you're still performing in your live concerts all over, and Diana's still performing. Yeah, it would be really nice to have the three of you gals back up on stage now. Yeah, well, you know, there's fans. I don't want to a fat lady sing, so I'm going to wait until the fat lady's going to sing. Hey, look, I hope it's not me. There's <laughs> the fat lady. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I've seen some pictures of you recently on your Instagram, and you're looking fabulous. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I do hope that we could do something like that, but it, it, it would take myself and Diane to 
to work, you know, just to get together and make that happen. I don't know what the people want it to happen. So oh. if, if, if it does, I'd be there. I'll be there. You know, well, I will be I, there. I, so we, let's we, just wait. Let's wait. We, I have no to call Diana to, to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know people are wa- wanting to see at least, you know, the original three or as close to the original three as we can remember well, back. Well, Sean, yeah, Sean's yeah. family passed away, so we yeah. can't do the original three. And Cindy actually, unfortunately, is having health issues as well, uh, other sort of things that are going on. But, you know, it's still it's something that could happen. So yeah. let's just keep, we'll pray for it. Hey, what, can, what, what else can we do? Well, we're definitely be praying for it for sure, because that's definitely something mm-hmm. that we all want to see. Also about your, it's been a, a while since you've, you know, written some more in your memoirs and enough time mm-hmm. has passed, 25 years since your last book. You, I'm sure mm-hmm. you've got some more stories to tell. Well, what I'm working on presently is a coffee table book mm-hmm. based upon the Supreme Gems that we that you tour, that yeah. I, I still have. And I have these gowns that it's still around the world, actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm putting together a coffee table book, and hopefully uh, I can have that finished by next year sometime. So we're working on it presently. That's going to be... And it'll have text mm-hmm. as well, so we'll have new information. Things, because a lot of times, like even when I wrote my other books, a lot of information I didn't have at my hand. And so there'll be new, updated uh, information. Mm-hmm. In, in this uh, coffee table. Oh, okay. Well, I'm so looking forward to seeing you on the stage, and I'm I'm so happy to have some new celebrations for you with the success so far of, of your new single, and hopefully it will continue to climb up the charts, and and we'll see you in some of the clubs. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, let me know about all the clubs so I can come to San Francisco. I would love to do a whole weekend of just doing different clubs. Well, that would be awesome. <laughs> and um, I know the people who run Sweet Feet Music, so we'll have to make that happen. Okay, okay. All right, well, I can't wait to get there. I'll see you on December 7th, girl. I'll see you on December 7th for sure, and I will come back and say hello, and we'll get a couple of pictures, and then we'll move on, okay? Okay, time to move on. All right. Move on. Okay, bye-bye now. Thank you, my love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was the wonderful, supreme Mary Wilson, of course, the one of the original co-founders of Motown's biggest hit group, The Supremes. And it was so wonderful to speak with her again. It's the second time I've done so. And she will be here in San Francisco on Monday, tomorrow, with uh, Richmond Airmet AIDS Foundation. Help us on the way for the holidays. And that's a benefit fundraiser. They do every year and um it will be at the marines memorial theater and you can still get some tickets i mean also on the bill with mary wilson is martha wash steve grand jake simpson who's won star search twice uh sean uh Sharon McKnight, excuse me, um, and our own X-Factor alum, Jason Brock, along with some other people. So the tickets are going, I mean, I think there's maybe a few left. And so you should give a a chance. uh, You should have a chance to get something. Um, You can call the box office at 415-273-1620, or you can go to dash sf.org not slash or hashtag or whatever it's a dash so r e a 
AF-FF.org. And you can do that. Now, of course, in our interview, Mary Wilson was talking about her, her latest single, which is Time to Move On. It's a dance single. And it's produced by Sweet Feet Music here in San Francisco. So we're going to play that song as we go out for the afternoon. Again, I want to thank our guests with Kelly Mantle and Bridget McManus. And hopefully you guys will have a wonderful rest of the day. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Just to show you who I am Been in your shadow far too long I was losing where I came from I understood when you had to be It's what you said and what you did That took my head